welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella, and today I have a delightful surprise for you. I don't know if you remember, but a while back I said that I wanted to do a show where the listeners interviewed me. I don't know if you remember that. And I posted some questions and so forth on social media, and I had some people send in questions. But then... Then I had Gigi write in to me and say, can we talk? I really, really, really want to do this interview. And Gigi is on the line with us today, and she's going to be asking me all of the questions that you guys submitted, plus a few of her own. Hey, Gigi. Hello, Ella. Gigi, are you nervous? A bit. I'm super excited, though. (laughs) This is going to be so much fun. And as you know, this is just us talking. It's no big deal. Amen, sister. (laughs) Gigi, tell everybody a little bit about you first so we can get to know you just a little bit. So my name is Gigi, um, but my actual name is Jihan. I live in the Phoenix area in Arizona, and I'm a naturopathic medical student at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. I am currently a first-year student on my way to my second year in the spring. I am engaged to my best friend, Joshua. He's a Marine vet, and he's been my driving motivation in my time during school. And I just picked my dress last night, so I'm super Woo-hoo! excited. Yeah, we're getting married July 1st. Um, we're going to be coming back to New Jersey at Fort Dix. So this is a super exciting time. All right. So is that July 2016? Correct. Gigi posts a lot of photos of her cutie online, and the two of you look <laughs> blissfully, blissfully happy. So of course, oh, we wish you. you all the best. And I totally want to see the dress. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Every- <laughs> Everybody wants to see the dress. When can we see it? After July 1st. Fine. (laughs) All right, we'll post a photo. Okay, so you guys, Gigi's a little bit unique because we actually met in person before Mm -hmm. the On Air with Ella podcast existed. So Gigi, do you Mm want to tell the story? I would love to. Okay, because you actually know far more about this than I do. Yes, yes. And I've told the story a few times, so I'm a seasoned vet with it. Whenever I share your podcast, I go into how I met you and it's been so life changing. But I left New Jersey to go to North Carolina to commence my wellness journey. And at that point, I was starting very small, which is kind of like your your podcast, which really spoke to me, start where you are and like do what you can. And so I started at that gym, getting back into working out after not having worked out for a couple years and having gained weight and not being in a good place. And I was in a part of my wellness journey there where I was really starting to see some changes. It was now natural for me to go to the gym. So I was very hungry to learn. And I looked a lot around people and I started making friends in the gym and it was, it was a really great environment. And one of the days I saw you, Ella, I saw you working out and what caught my eye was that I, I saw you and I was like, wow, she's gorgeous. Number one, number two, she's middle-aged and she looks amazing. Um, and I don't mean it. I cannot believe you just called me middle-aged. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you saw this. You saw this elderly lady. <laughs> I knew you weren't my age. I knew you weren't. I am age. definitely not your age, my sister. Okay, go on. <laughs> 
So I <laughs> I knew you weren't in your 20s. I'll leave it at that. That is correct. And I wasn't sure where you were at, but I was like, wow, I would love to look like her. And I was, it was just amazing. I just, I saw you and you were upside down on the wall. You were using the pull-up bars and it was, you were doing something that I never saw. I mean, to this point, I'm not really even sure to describe what you were doing, but you were using your body in a way that I had never seen in the gym. And I had been in a few gyms in my time, especially that one. And I was just like, wow. And you were so focused. You had like this tunnel vision. I don't think anyone existed around you at that time. So I was a little intimidated and I ended up not approaching you. And I, re- I went home. My fiance, Josh, was home. I told him about you. And I was like, damn it. I didn't ask her anything. Like I wanted to just say hi and just, what does she do? <laughs> so then a few, I guess a week later, um, I saw you and Josh was in the gym with me. And I was like, oh my God, that's her. And I'm not, I'm a very social person. I tend to not be shy. But you were owning it in the gym. And I was just like, I I just, it was hard for me to go up to you. So I went up to you and you like were huffing and puffing. You came from up being from upside down on the wall. And you were like, I don't, you're like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. You're like, I don't, you got to talk to my metabolic effect friends on how to work out. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I, then you're like, it's not even that. You're like, just eat real food. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out all the things of what you're saying. And you were like, just, just keep it basic, like natural. And, and then you, you went on a little bit about your own story. And then you, you had to go, cause I remember you said you had to pick up your son. And at that moment, I'm like, I would never guess she has a son. I was totally a fan already. And you said for for the love of Pete, if you hear nothing else, just don't eat fake butter. And you left. And I'm like, oh my God, life has been changed. And though, in that moment, Ella, you planted seeds of change in me. And you gave me your, your email and I emailed you and you gave me such richness. There's been times where like a year later, I still went back to that email and I even forwarded that email to other people. And then I got back on Facebook because I wasn't on Facebook at that time. And I just, I've been hooked. The rest is history, Ella. I listen to all your episodes. I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you told that story because if I had told it, it would have sounded so different. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, it was, it was very life-changing for me. And you know, then I found my way to naturopathic medicine and I'm in school now. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You've come so far since that yep. brief moment in time where we got to see one another in person, but then of course we've carried on a relationship and communication uh, via email, as you said. And I do remember saying, I'm not an expert. I can't counsel you, but here are some great resources, but just for the love just eat real food. Start there. I do remember that. But I love that I yelled, don't eat fake butter and ran to the gym. Yeah, you did. You had to get your son going. And I was like, and it stuck with me. I mean, to this day, I still say it, you know, I know it. That is a riot. Okay, that was fun. All right. Thank you for telling that story. And so now here you are on the On Air with Ella podcast, Mm -hmm. some more than a year or two later, I should think. Mm -hmm. And you compiled some questions based on what folks were submitting and they've, they've been submitting them for a while. So I know we have a couple from listeners and then you have your own. So wh- where do you want to start? Cause you're in charge, my friend. Oh my God. What an honor. <laughs> um, my first question we've uh, found on social media, it was given in through the iTunes ratings and reviews from Scottish cat in the UK where my sister happens to be at this moment, actually. So kudos. Kudos to the UK. Shout out UK. Yay. So Scottish Cat asks, what do you think about a whole food vegetarian diet? The paleo meat centered things doesn't work for me and I don't do dairy either. 
Okay, I remember this one. So Scottish Cat, she is a vegetarian, and so paleo, which is largely meat-based, it really is. It's meat and vegetables and whole foods and ancestral eating. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that because I actually have paleo tendencies, but I am largely vegetarian myself. So to be honest with you, I really struggle here at times because my the, the thing that made the most change in my life is when I realized that if I were actually going to get on any kind of wellness journey and just try and focus on wellness instead of fat loss. That was, first of all, that was a big first sort of epiphany for me was Mm -hmm. when I got into the sport of triathlon, I was already 27 years old. I did not come from an athletic background per se. I was a gymnast as a child. And then I did, you know, various sports in high school. And then I did very little athletic activity in college. So I had my son and then I started the sport of triathlon uh, to which I am currently addicted. And (laughs) I'm so inspired by that. Oh, I mean, any, uh, obviously I'm here to prove that anybody can do it, but that was so important for me because I started using my body instead of trying to get my body to look a certain way, or instead of trying to get my body, instead of trying to manipulate my body, I started using it. I started thinking of it as the machine that got me where I needed to go and helped me accomplish what I needed to accomplish. And that was a big, big change for me. So I stopped worrying about what I looked like, quite frankly, and I started worrying about how I performed. And of course, when that happens, all there there's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So the ripples that came out of that sort of change in my perspective were that I needed to eat I needed to fuel myself a little bit differently. And when I needed to fuel myself a little bit differently and not just open boxes that I heated up for my son and I, then I was like, hmm, I take pride in the fact that I can't cook. That's not really serving me at this point in my life. That's how I spent my 20s. That's not really serving me now. And I started, I still can't cook, (laughs) P.S. But you know what I can do is I can assemble a meal made out of Whole Foods basics. And so I started to just, change my perspective. And of course, perspective is everything. So I started making meat or fish, you know, some kind of protein for my son. And I started cooking up some veggies on the side. And I started to realize that that took no time at all. And mm-hmm. that you can certainly make things more complicated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But if I stuck to things with five ingredients or fewer, then I could start to make real food. So I got over this thing that's like, I don't cook, like I'm not domesticated, blah, blah, blah. You know, this was what I thought part of my brand was at the time. Mm-hmm. I started to take pride in the fact that I could feed us whole food, like real food. And then I started to learn a lot more about nutrition and went into the paleo world because frankly, their recipes are so simple because when you don't add in a bunch of the extras, which aren't a part of their repertoire, they're not a part of their protocol and they really are heavy into proteins, fats, and veggies. When you don't complicate things, by definition, the recipes are quite simple. So that's really what took me into the paleo world, even though I didn't eat meat, I only ate fish. Mm -hmm. So Scottish cat, what I do is I pick some proteins that really work for me and I stopped labeling myself as a vegetarian because there's, I took no pride in that. You know how sometimes Gigi, you label yourself something and then it becomes like a flag you're waving. Yes. Especially with veganism. Yeah. And I really kind of checked in with myself and I was like, what good is it for me to be a card carrying vegetarian? Like, how is that serving me? Whatever I'm getting out of that, I can get so much more out of the alternative, which is to 
fuel myself well, eat simply, eat foods that I want to eat and not be like, oh, I can't touch that because here's my vegetarian card. Mm -hmm. So I stopped identifying that way. I stopped using that language with myself. And I really stretched myself to look at some whole foods that some whole proteins, I should say, that really did serve me. So if you if you completely seal yourself off and decide that you're a flag-waving vegan or a flag-waving vegetarian or whatever, even paleo, all you're doing is putting yourself in a box and not necessarily looking at what you're trying to accomplish and how you're going to accomplish it. I'm At the end of the day, I don't subscribe to these super rigid rules. So I suppose what I would say to Scottish Cat is question what you're doing, question why you're doing it, and question how it's serving you, and open your mind up a little bit to other things that might fit into your repertoire. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it also comes back to the episode that you had that focus on micronutrients because at the end of the day, what are the micronutrients that are going in your body? And that's kind of been my own motto going into everything because you could have bread and be vegetarian and bread is dead. That's my my little thing about bread. So I, I totally understand and appreciate that. I love that you reference episode 41. That's with Mira and Jason Calton because one of the big takeaways from that episode is when you focus on nutrition, when you focus on nutrients, when you focus on nutrient density, then you stop focusing on, oh, I can't have that, or that's not a part of my food religion. No. <laughs> when you say to yourself, I've got to get greens in today. I really, I, I was pretty low on greens yesterday. I know for a fact, I've got to get some greens into my body. When you focus like that, when you talk like that, it's a completely different mindset than, oh, I can't have that. Or, oh, that's not on my list. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the same thing with when you did that episode on candida, just briefly, I was pursuing a vegan diet at one point and trying to be super plant-based and no animal products. And I was ultimately feeding, you know, the candida. And then once I had to, I had to go in more in a paleo direction, having to get, you know, the, my gut flora back where it needed to be and having high dose probiotics. And, you know, your episodes really have complimented so much so that's wonderful and if, it's not me it's these experts and I just yeah. love it is such an honor to be able to facilitate this information anyway I'm so glad it's helping so here's an, another question that um, I see has been like a theme on on social media it's popped up in a few places regarding late night snacking so do you do any type of late night snacking? Do you have this uh, time rule with, with eating? And if you don't, how do you avoid late night snacking? Oh my gosh. We got so many of these questions, Gigi. A yeah. lot of people are asking about the late night snacking. Okay. So if you have read Gretchen Rubin's book on building habits, then you will understand this language. Some of us are abstainers and some of us are moderators. And if you are a moderator, that means you are the type of person that can open up that box of chocolate and eat like a bite and then you just put the wrapper back on and shut the box and you're done and you put it away. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> it was a great episode. And I listened to that maybe three times and I had, I made my future hubby listen to it too with me when I was in the kitchen and I was like, I'm an abstainer and I know people who are the moderators, but I, I rather just not, why, I, why get the taste in my mouth? That's how I see, you know, I just cannot even, and I, I went back yeah. and listened to one of my secrets. Here's a behind the scenes secret. I go back and listen to episodes at random. I listen mm -hmm. to every, I record every show. Then I listen to every single show. And then once it drops live, I listen to it again to make sure that it's perfectly perfect for you guys. But 
what I also do every once in a while is I just go back and I randomly download an old episode. And I just listened to episode 37 with Gretchen Rubin again, and I got so much out of it. She's so mm-hmm. wise. And mm-hmm. she talks about moderators and abstainers, and it helped me understand. I am not a moderator. I should not pretend to be a moderator. I should not convince myself in the moment that I'm a moderator because I am not a moderator. I am an abstainer. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, let me explain. An abstainer cannot dabble in deliciousness. (laughs) (laughs) There is no dabbling. All right. If, If you put the chocolate box in front of me, or if you put chocolate chip cookies in front of me and I just pinch off that little corner, I'm just going to have a little taste. And then you turn your back, you're going to turn around and face a clean plate like every time. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Right there with you. Such a great episode. I was like, wow, it's not just me fighting this whole moderation thing. Cause we always hear moderation, everything in moderation or moderation is key or balance. So it was so great to know that it, it, there's a way, you know, that there are other people who don't ascribe to that. So great episode again. <laughs> I mean, when they say everything in moderation, I'm like, in that case, I'm having everything. Period. <laughs> period. Okay. So to abstain for me, I have a couple things that I abstain on and these are just habits. I don't consider them rules. I consider them habits that I'm building. So for me, late night snacking is a complete non-issue. I don't do it. I don't walk into the kitchen. I don't open the refrigerator. I don't open the pantry. I just, I, when I am done with dinner and by the way, I eat my face off at dinner most nights. I do. I'm not a delicate eater. I'm not a light eater and I like to feel full. So I eat a nice full dinner and then I clean my plate. I put everything away if I happen to be home. And if I happen to be home and it occurs to me, or if I feel like it's an issue in any way, then I go brush my teeth right then. And then I'm done. I just stop. That's it. So I don't wander in the kitchen and test myself. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the kitchen wander? Yeah. You said it one, in one episode, you said just willpower is not superfluous. It's not abundant. It's not ever flowing. It's limited. So to be nice to ourselves. Part of the reason that's super relevant here is because I have a why. So if mm-hmm. I didn't have a why, then my my abstaining might not work. My why is I know my body needs a break. I eat frequently throughout the day. I'm actually working with Georgie Fear. You've heard that to just like stop the snacking or stop sort of the continuous eating thing and just sit down and eat three meals a day and maybe four if I'm having, you know, if I'm very hungry or if I'm having a really active day or if I have a lighter meal somewhere. So whatever. But the bottom line is this. Instead of on this continuous foraging that I sort of trained myself to do. I'm tra- I'm untraining that behavior and I'm training myself back to just eating like a normal human being. And mm-hmm. my why for not doing the late night kitchen foraging is because I actually want to give my body a break. I want to give my digestion, my system, I want to give it a break. I want it to go into rest and recovery mode and I don't want to go to bed with a full belly. So that actually matters to me. And the reason that matters to me is because of the learning and the insights that I've gained from the experts that I'm bringing to you guys. And your body recovers so much better and heals and takes care of itself and does all of its natural detoxification when it's not digesting 800 calories right before bedtime. Absolutely. So I just like to have a break. I like to have a break between dinner and laying my head on that pillow. And I like to not go to bed feeling like I just had Thanksgiving dinner. In fact, it drives me crazy when I go to bed with kind of a full stomach if I just ate late for whatever reason. 
you mentioned this in your episode with intermittent fasting. I've heard various schools of thought and also there's different ways of doing it. And when you put it very plainly, like I just shoot for giving X amount of hours of rest to my digestion, it clicked for me in that moment because there's different variations. So I think that ties in really nicely. You know, it's so funny. Every time I hear intermittent fasting, I like I get my back up a little bit now because I almost feel I struggle with that show so mm-hmm. much. I really, really have. And it's it's truly the only show that fits into this category for me. And I'll, I'll explain this because I have nothing but love and respect for Dr. Sarah Solomon. I really like her. We got along like a house on fire. We talked after that show. She is a force of nature. She's super funny. She's super intelligent. And I just love her. I think she's wonderful. And none of that has anything to do with the fact that IF or intermittent fasting doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. In fact, it worked for me really, really well for a very short period of time. Like, mm, I think just a few weeks when I was trying to sort of reset and reboot. I talk about it in that episode, episode 25. And Mm. I I tell this story in that episode. I really needed a reset. I really needed a reboot. I was going somewhere. I had like a destination in mind. And I had that sort of short-term motivation that you get when you like want to look amazing. Or (laughs) have a wedding in 180 days. (laughs) Something like that, Gigi. Exactly. And I'm only human. I wanted to reset. I wanted to look great in this dress I was going to wear, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so I, I discovered Sarah at the time. I read her eBooks at the time. I interviewed her at that time and I did intermittent fasting, condensed my eating window down to six hours. And it really helped me. I mean, it really did help me. And then I, the event was over. I was sort of post-motivation and it started driving binge behavior for me. And, and it took me a while to understand what I was doing. And it was like this fast and furious need to consume as many calories as possible in a very mm-hmm. short amount of time. And yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Like it took yeah. me a little while to unravel that. I absolutely agree. And that's one of the reasons that I always, I, I knew that I would have that tendency or have, I would potentially be susceptible to that. And so I always like I, I heard her speak with uh, Shalene Johnson and I was like, I didn't and Shalene Johnson had a different perspective and you you showed the spectrum. It doesn't have to be such a short window. And I was like, okay, that would reduce the bingeability, I guess, if that's a word that can come out of that. Very good point. <laughs> yeah. And my goal at the end of the day is not to say, you guys do this. It will work for you. Like that's, you guys know that by now. Absolutely. What I hope to do is like open a toolbox and say, look at all these different tools. If any of them worked for all of us, we would all look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. We all need to pick really the tools that work for us. So you get, you download these podcasts, not just mine, everybody's, and you get all this information and sometimes you need to turn it off and you need to check in with yourself and say, I've learned a lot. Which of these things should I attempt to apply in my own life? Or maybe you listen to one episode and you're like, now what out of that can I take away? And my takeaway, the tool I pulled out of the intermittent fasting toolbox was I don't need to eat around the clock and giving my body a break is a very good idea. And it's very good for anti-aging. So we elderly ladies need to pay attention (laughs) to this. (laughs) But but 
no, but seriously, <laughs> your metabolism is an extremely resource consumptive totally. system in the body. And so when you can give your body a break from digestion and from just constantly processing food, when you can give your body a break, it goes to do other things. That's not voodoo. That's real. That's real Very information. Yeah. When yeah. we sleep, it's, it really ties in so well. I, that's what I love about your episodes because it complements what I'm learning when we're learning about the body systems and how things should operate and then hearing your episodes and best practices that are all very they're not in any extreme and I always love that about you there might be some people who have a more um, very focused or um, I don't want to use the word extreme but they may have a very precise way of doing it and you always lay out the balance in between the spectrum and so that was really helpful moving on to another question in episode 22 Kristen Brown discusses work-life balance what are your thoughts on work-life balance Oh boy. Okay. So that was a fun episode, episode 22. And Kristen Brown, she, she is a very well-known public speaker. And this is kind of her keynote is work-life balance is bunk. And she used a metaphor. I think, I hope I quote this correctly, where she said, you know, we're so busy trying to check that box and check that box and check that box. She said, I think of life. I'm totally, I've already messed up the metaphor. Bear with me here. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I am a maestro. I am trying to conduct an orchestra and all of the different horns and cymbals, all of the different instruments in that orchestra are different areas of my life that need tending to. And I'm trying to conduct the orchestra. And sometimes one section is louder than another. And sometimes one section is quieter than another. And, and my job is to make sure that at the end of the day, it all makes like this beautiful sound and just that it makes this beautiful thing. But it is not my job to make sure that that one instrument over there, that the flute is always perfect. And it's always sounds perfect. It's getting equal time as the trombone. And, you know, so I love that analogy. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Absolutely. It's, it was very, very insightful because as females, we tend to think of balance, I think, more than males. I'm not sure if that's quite accurate, but we have a lot of different roles and a lot of different hats that we wear. I think there's this illusion, and I think that's how she described it in the episode, that it's an illusion. There is no such thing as balance, and there's just it almost as if it wasn't even really obtainable in the way that we perceive it. I, th- I think it's bunk. And, and, and by the way, I mean, I've literally never heard my husband talk about work-life balance, <laughs> like ever, <Exactly>. ever. <laughs> that the phrase, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe if he was reading an article and not, not even, cause he would never read an article that was about, I mean, never. So, so let's start there. But what do I think? I think that we make ourselves crazy. I think that saying work-life balance is like setting a bar that we will never achieve. And I have so many different things pulling me in 1000 different directions. And so what do I think is important? I think having priorities and having values. We make ourselves crazy. And you know what? Sometimes like right now, I am not in peak physical form and, and I'm pretty hard on myself. And I have the tools now to tell myself what I need to know about that. I know that I need to see things as they are and not worse. I know that I need to use the right language and say, you know, Ella, like give yourself a break. You're engaged in three businesses right now. You have a husband and you have a son. And you know what? Sometimes you can't have 10% body fat, like deal. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then- Oh, absolutely. I really get it. As it starts to warm up and I might not be doing absolutely 
every possible thing I should be doing to run an online business because I might be spending a few more hours a week outside. I might be biking or running because the sun is out and I could spend that time beating myself up about how I could be creating this online empire and I'm failing and I should be doing this. Or I could just chill out and stop using phrases like work-life balance and I can say, okay, what are my priorities right now? And at the end of the day, my values and my priorities, they don't really change that much. The top three, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But some, some of the priorities near the bottom of the list, let's say you have six priorities at any given moment. Obviously that's a statistic Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I, that I just made up. Okay. So, you know, my top priorities aren't going to change, but the ones at the bottom that are still priorities, those might come and go. Those might shift with the season, so to speak. And that is such a, refreshing and more realistic way for me to think about my life. And and by the way, I, I'm making it sound so easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I mean, my husband reminds me all the time. He's like, why? Like, stop, stop beating yourself up over this. Remember what you're doing right now. And so I have to use the tools that this experience is also giving me and helping me develop too. And, and, but yeah, I'm a work in progress, obviously, yes. just like everybody else. When I heard that episode, I remember thinking, gee, you're doing the same thing that you did with food. You were complicating it. And I was, I come from a background where productivity is, is key. And I tend to see things in terms of being productive and time at times that has really helped me thrive nutritionally, you know, academically. And there are other times where it beats me down because I'm not taking time for myself. And that's part of the quote unquote balance, um, this illusion. And I, after hearing that episode, I shifted to thinking I'm doing myself just as much good by just stopping and, and just being, just sitting and being by myself outside and, and being in the moment. And that really helped me in that episode to see that, that like, like other things I had complicated it. So that was a really, really wonderful episode. We overcomplicate everything. I mean, all generalizations are false except for that one. Yes. <laughs> Maybe so, it's just me. I overcomplicate everything and then I have to strip the layers off. Yeah, for sure. So another question that we have, um, this is my personal question. What has your journey been like? I've learned about you when, uh, when I met you in the gym and you, you planted a seed. And at the same time, I was, I mean, from the beginning, I was intrigued by you. I was fascinated. I'm like, who's this lady that's upside down on the wall? Mm-hmm. And doing these twists and turns and using her body in a way that was different than push-ups and burpees. And uh, I was just very intrigued from the beginning. So I have to ask you, I just want to know about, you know, like what brought you here? How were you raised? You're a successful businesswoman. I just want to hear about it. (laughs) So tell me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Were you always with fitness and wellness focused? No. So picture like a dry spaghetti noodle. It's a perfectly straight line, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought the path to success looked like. Like a perfectly dry spaghetti noodle where one is point A and then the other end is everything you want in life and you just climb up. You just march along that perfectly linear path, <laughs> you know, and then cook a bunch of spaghetti, right? Drain it and then dump it out on a plate. And that is my life. (laughs) Wow. What an analogy. (laughs) My life is a whole bunch of mixed up, not at all straight spaghetti noodles. So which noodle do you want me to talk about? Fitness, who I am professionally? You tell me. 
I would like to hear how, how you came to that point, given how those noodles operated together to put you where you are today. And I guess the most, the most noteworthy noodles. <laughs> that makes plate. <laughs> I'm sticking with your analogy. <laughs> okay, so a brief biography. This is actually funny for me because it is harder for me to share the personal stuff. So I'm always a little bit um, cagey or a little bit shy with some of the personal details in my life. And that's because, well, for two reasons. One is I'm like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I care. (laughs) It's funny when I did like the episode on surviving a slump and it was, it certainly was not my first solo episode. Episode 45 is my story about how I survive a slump. And I was in one like big time. Amazing episode. I was in a slump too. You helped me get out of it. It was great. You were really authentic in that moment. And I saw a different side of you that was so real, which you're always very down to earth in all of your episodes. And you have me laughing. And to make me laugh when I'm getting ready at six in the morning, it's not the easiest thing. Sometimes I'm just (laughs) tired. And you're able to put a smile on my face. And so I was really used to that authentic, witty side of you. But for you to just be so down to earth, this is what it is. It is what it is. This is where I'm at. And I'm open enough. And I love you guys enough to share that with you was just so wonderful. And it gave me the courage to at least be honest with myself at that moment, which was really powerful. That makes me so ha- The idea that I could help anybody is so humbling, so humbling. And when you, can I just pause to give some love here for a second? <laughs> of course. When you guys write in, send me an email or comment and I don't mean this in a cheesy way, but when you comment in iTunes, like when you, when you're like, I'm leaving a review and let me tell you how you've changed my life. When you guys write in to say, and it's not me. Again, I'm just a facilitator. I've never pretended to have wisdom. I'm just here trying to bring information to you guys that I want to share with you. But when you tell me that something has touched you or that it's helped you or it's led you to somebody that has helped you, that happens a lot too. It is the most, it's just the best feeling in the world. It is so humbling and it is such an honor to be a part of your lives. Like I, I don't, I haven't met all of you, but you are so in my heart. So forgive me if this is the first episode you've ever listened to. And you're just like, what is with this insane lady? <laughs> but if you have been with me <laughs> for more than one episode, you are one of my people. And I just, I have so much love for you. So just a tiny little emotional break to tell you how much you mean to me and how I want to bring my most authentic self to you guys. I'm frankly, I don't, I'm not capable of anything other than that at this point, to be totally honest with you about it. I swear you're story is what planted seeds for me. I think that's why the slump episode has resonated with so many people yeah. is just because it's like, I, I never pretend to be perfect ever. That would be shot down in five seconds, even if I did make that attempt. And so I think that just saying, hey, look, we all go through this and we're all in this together. And it's actually, it's so comforting to be in this together whenever you're in it. Absolutely. So I really have stalled beautifully and avoided answering your question. Okay, so so my life story as briefly as possible. I'm one of four kids and I grew up in a zoo and I've lived in lots and lots of states. So whenever anyone asks me where I'm from, I just sort of kind of shrug and move on. And I've traveled a lot, but not until I was an adult. So when I was younger, you know, you don't take four kids to Europe. That doesn't happen. Nope. Well, maybe you do, but that didn't happen. (laughs) We were like, our vacations were in a 
station wagon. We were that family. And uh, that was, that was how we rolled. So, okay. So I went to college. Then I got out into the world. I started working. Uh, I worked in radio. Uh, That was one of my first jobs. I worked in radio and I was on the sales and marketing side, but I would get on air every once in a while with those guys. And my love for broadcasting was definitely born back then in the dark ages. Wow. So yes, radio, like actual radio. And also I fell in love with business at that time because I was working with a lot of different businesses. And so I actually went from there to business school. I went to business school on a full ride scholarship. So that was very, very, very nice. And I'm very grateful to my alma mater for that and started a business out of business school for for a couple of reasons, most notably because I had my son in my second year of business school. Okay. So I'm going to pause and tell you where I was on kind of my wellness journey here. I was a mess in my 20s. So I got out of college and I gained a bunch of weight. I was in a tough sort of stressful period of my life at that point. I was, you know, at least two sizes bigger than I am right now. So that's pretty substantial. And I was trying to hack and like trying to go low carb and Atkins diet was the thing then. And, And I did all this stuff and I completely jacked myself up. And I got pregnant with my son and I had to eat like a normal human being. And then I had my son and I had to take care of my body in a different way and I had to stop thinking about myself. So that actually was extremely useful. And a really funny thing happened when I stopped paying attention to all that mental stuff that I was doing to myself and all of that abuse. And I basically didn't even think about myself because I was a new mom and taking care of him and who's worried about what they look like in their skinny jeans when they have a six week old and they're taking exams for business Mm -hmm. school. And my, the weight completely melted off of my body. I completely became like a normal functioning human being again. And then, like I said, just a couple years later, I got started into the sport of triathlon. So that was just a little, a little epiphany in how, again, how looking at myself differently and taking the focus off of myself and pursuing wellness, how fat loss and all the things we want and all the things we look for, all of those things ensue. So when you pursue health, then all these happy benefits ensue Mm -hmm. instead of pursuing the outcome, these hyper-specific outcomes, just generally pursuing taking care of yourself, nourishing yourself, treating your body like it's going to last you for a while. Then all those fun benefits sort of happen. They they can occur. It's a real thing when you start looking at nourishment. So see, see how we keep coming back to this. Yes. And I have to say my wellness journey was very similar. I went from being focused on the outcome to just being engaged in the process. And to this day, everything I've done has been a byproduct. I have used photos as a, as a way to, a way to gauge things and my clothes. But other than that, it's never the first goal. Everything has been a byproduct. And I came to a realization that I was not being kind to myself. And that was, it's very hard to get positive outcomes with a negative mindset. That was number one. And then, like you said, just being focused on the process. And I also came to terms with the way I had ended up was not overnight and the damage wasn't done overnight and it wasn't going to go away overnight. And that was the season where I was trying to figure out like, how do I go about this? Because everything I've done thus far has not been successful and I just need to re- go back to the drawing board. So that really resonates with me. Okay. Is that enough? So then I started a business and then life happened. And now I have, my son is a teenager and I have a husband who I'm madly in love with. And that's really important. That's one of those priorities that never shifts for me. He stays at the top and I try to, I try to maintain my priorities. I try to 
eat simply. I try to move my body. I try to stay sexy. It's really important to me to not just become what I call slumped over. And I don't even really mean it literally. I just mean when you just give up on yourself, when you stop thinking of yourself as a viable, primal animal, I think that's such a loss. (laughs) And I think that age is completely off the table when you're talking about sexy or talking about confidence. So true. The episode of what is sexy, not only was hilarious but it really spoke to who you are and I'm like yep that's Ella because you're talking there was an emphasis on confidence and that's what I noticed in you from the beginning that made me admire you that much more you're the way you held and walked your presence really stuck with me and then you also mentioned women tend to especially as, as women get older they talk down to themselves more and more so just all these all these things that are are not, not nice to ourselves this is this is male and female alike, but women we wear it on our sleeve and men it's buried farther back. If I may if sure. I may generalize. And I'm going to sh- remind you of two concepts from that show. First of all, it the reason this is important to me, males and females alike. The day you stop thinking about yourself as a sexy viable human animal who was put on this earth to like engage and connect. It's not we're not talking about sex. We're talking about just your beauty and your comfort in your own skin and your confidence. Like the day you just check out, it's done. Like mm-hmm. you you walk away, you leave that behind and you become a different person and it's never too late. You can always reawaken that part of you. And I want to reawaken that part of you because there are so many people out there and they talk to me, they write into me and they stop treating themselves that way. And so they dress differently or they never take any pains with their appearance at all. And I, that's, I mean, let's insert hearty laughter here because I'm literally like a disgusting sweaty mess right now. And I am most of the time. But (laughs) you still want to take those timeouts, even if it's once a week, and just look amazing for yourself and go to the grocery store looking like a rock star. Why not? I mean, my point here is don't give up on that side of you. So I want to just keep poking people and poke that bear until it wakes up. So that's one point. And the reason why that that show is so important to me. The second thing is that women particularly, we are so ridiculous. We waste so much time and I'm right there. Okay. I'm not pointing fingers. We talk about how heavy we are or how Mm. bloated we are. I do that all the time. Or we criticize our appearance in front of our partner. Like, what is that? Why would you tell him? Like, why would you tell Mm -hmm. the person who loves you literally, no matter what you look like, why would you tell them what is wrong with you? Well said. Why would you point out the things that they should feel negatively about according to you? Like, shut up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You said it like it is. (laughs) I just, I get so fired up. And by the way, again, guilty, 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 guilty. And this is what it said. This is a peek inside my brain, what it sounds like in my brain. I'm like, why would I tell my husband that I feel heavy? He gives a rat's behind. Do you remember in one of your episodes, you said it's my hippo brain. It is. It is. And I, and I rebuke you, hippo brain. I love you, Ella. I have to say it again. So can I move on to the other question? I think that probably would be wise. Okay. Sounds great. So, so this is kind of a, a little bit of a piggyback off of your story being uh, the story that you're sharing. What stories of success have defined your life experiences, or do you have any pearls of wisdom that you'd like to share from your failures or any lessons learned? Big question, Gigi. So, I'm very bad at celebrating successes. That's a that's a thing with me. 
And so if somebody said, what are your top three successes in life? My mind goes completely blank. And then I think, oh, I'm supposed to answer like my son and my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really what people are really asking is, you know, what are three things or like, what was the most proud moment of your life or what's the best thing you've ever done? I I don't have an answer to that. And part of the reason is the way that I'm wired and the way that I'm wired is I, I am bad. I confess at celebrating any milestone and that's a shame and I'm losing something like my, my husband's very, very good at that. And Mm -hmm. I think again, it's like a tendency, it's a personality, uh, a personality trait. And for me, I'm always like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's, and that's, you know what I mean? And I used to take a little bit of pride in that because I'm like, Oh, I'm a shark. I can't stop moving. (laughs) (laughs) We have this competition of who's busier than who. I did this and mm-hmm. I thought there was some kind of competition for being the busiest human <laughs> like alive. A trophy you said in one of your episodes yeah, are on board. Right? There's no prize. Like, it's just you. Like, I actually get sad when I look at there's a period of my son's life where I had my head down. And by the way, I, I work from home. I've, I've always, ever since he's been born, I've worked from home or I've been on an airplane basically. Okay. So mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate in, in one regard in that I work from home. I, you know, if he went to school, I took him. If he got picked up from school, I almost always pick him up. Thank God for my mother. She's a beautiful woman and she helps out enormously. She's like his second mom, but you understand what I'm saying. He's been Absolutely. raised by me. Okay. Mm-hmm. With that said, there was a period in his young life where I had my head down. I was all about the hustle. And I look back at pictures of him during that time and I absolutely tear up kind of like I'm doing right now because I'm just like, oh my gosh, so precious. And I don't remember, like I don't remember. And goodness, Ella, why don't you cry on air? Gigi Oprah, Gigi Winfrey. <gasps> I'm so honored. <laughs> But I'm hoping someone gets some value out of this because, because I look back at the time and I don't remember what it was like to hold him. I don't remember what it was like to feed him. I don't remember what it was like to just go play outside with him. And I thank God. I'm so grateful that I saw the light and that I got the message and that I let that be revealed to me. Like you are motoring through your life. And what good is that doing you? Like what good? to share that pearl of wisdom. That's so big because there's a lot of people that are in that place right now. I just beg you to pause and ask yourself what you're doing and why. Literally almost with everything, Gigi. Mm -hmm. What am I doing and why? Because we do two things. There's sort of like two big fat categories that we all fall into if I'm being grossly general again. And one is we either sleep through life and we go into that fog and it's very hippo brain and it's very, it's actually very Eeyore, if I can use another animal reference. Mm-hmm. And we just drag ourselves through our life. Autopilot. Yes, it's autopilot. We don't ask ourselves the deep questions. We don't challenge our relationships. We don't challenge ourselves. We don't, We just put one foot in front of the other and we like cruise on the momentum and that is it. And then there's another bucket that another portion of us fall into. And that is the go, 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 of Eeyore is Tigger. That's Tigger mode. Okay. And we completely have our head down and we are chasing God knows what. And so for both parties, for both of those groups, stop and say, what am I doing and why? Your your what and your why are completely different than mine. But that, Gigi, I'm actually going to come full circle. That is my answer to your question. So my success 
And my lesson learned is just that. I want to be awake. I want to be aware. I am not good at sitting still. I'm working on it. But I did stop. I did ask myself, what am I trying, like, what story do I want to tell when I'm 85? What story mm-hmm. do I want to tell? And and I changed, I changed in, in a gradual, gradual way. And I pulled my head out of my arse. <laughs> I love it. I have a couple other questions. So let's do a lightning round. What was your favorite episode thus far and why? And what was the most life-changing episode for you? Oh my goodness. I was so scared that you were going to ask me that. (laughs) I don't have one myself. I know, right? And they're so (laughs) different. They're so, 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 so different. Okay. So as we record this, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 shows. And I truly don't have a favorite, but I can just throw a few out there that were life-changing to me in maybe a way you wouldn't expect. So the first one is easy. The first one is Joe Cross. Joe Cross is the Australian, you know, that documentary, the movie, I saw the movie Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And the reason he changed my life, and that was a life-changing episode, is because I reached out to Joe when I had nothing. I had no online presence. I had no website. (laughs) And I was like, hey, Joe, my name's Ella. I'm doing this thing. I'd totally love for you to be a part of it. He wrote back. He didn't try to play cool. He didn't wait. He didn't sit on it. He wrote back in 15 minutes and said, that would be awesome. Here's my assistant's phone number. Wow. He immediately wiped out for me the imposter syndrome that I was working up with this whole, with this whole endeavor with on air with Ella. So if he had looked me up online, he would have been like, right. So you're invisible. And instead he said, yes, when? So that was, that was absolutely, he was, he and Sean Stevenson, I will be forever indebted to because they both were like, yeah, how can I help? So that was awesome. I fully appreciate the idea of the imposter syndrome. And in our schooling, we've, we go through that feeling that who am I? Like, am I really doing this? My, like, it's almost like a validation that you need. And we have milestones where we get those validations. But uh, I completely understand that. I, I felt that, especially when I started, but not so much anymore. You just, I mean, I just, I don't even allow myself the whole imposter syndrome anymore. I'm just like any, literally just do it. If you fail, then you fail. Just do it. Like imposter syndrome at the end of the day is an excuse. And I called myself Mm -hmm. out on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So in a different category, episode 11 with Elizabeth Benton, Primal Potential. She is absolutely amazing and she's super, super good at what she does, but she is special to me for a different reason, as is Andrea Owen, because Elizabeth Benton and Andrea Owen are now buddies of mine. Like we're friends. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So we hang out, we do stuff. So I love those two women and they are important to me and I would never have crossed paths with them. Oh, and Paul Churchill, episode 26. Never would of cross paths with those guys uh, if it weren't for the show. So they're very, very special to me. So those are some of my faves. And there are so many more. Oh my gosh, there are so many more. I've talked to so many fabulous, fabulous people. Mark Schatzker, who did the Dorito effect, I, totally shocked me that that show was awesome because I, was, I wasn't I was sure if you guys would love that. And he turned out to I be amazing, it. right? I loved it. So, okay. So a couple other um, lightning questions. We're not, we're not very good at the lightning piece of this. <laughs> Okay, but they're the last. Um, what are some practices in life that you value? You've alluded to some with, with your son and, and your values as a mother, but what are, if you have any other practices that you value in life that you want to share? And I'm interested to know, what do you consider a waste of time that other people's, other people don't consider a waste of time? Um, I think talking about other people, chipping away at other people because they make you feel insecure um, or worried that there's a limited amount of success for all of us. And if somebody else has some that you don't get, some piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy talk, crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy talk. So 
gossip and chit chat about other people and fear about other people in that insecurity realm that I'm talking about. Complete, total waste of time. Consider gossip to be the video game of the grown-ups world. Like it might be fun while you're doing it. When you're done, there went some time of your life that you will never get back and you've accomplished absolutely nothing. Um, it's just, it's hard and fast for me. I don't do it. If they're not in the room, I'm not going to talk about them. And if I do talk about somebody, then it is the same language I would use if they were standing next to me. And I, I take no pleasure in hearing other people denigrate other people. So what was the first question? <laughs> um, what I said, I mentioned what the, what are some practices that you value in life? And I said that you alluded to, you know, your values as a mother and how that was important. And if you had anything else to add to that. Yeah, I'll keep this really, really simple. I think it's extremely, just because the word practice makes me my head go in a different direction. So mm -hmm. I think it's extremely important that you move your body every day in some way. And I don't mean get up and down from your chair. I mean, I don't care what you do. I don't care if it's just a walk. I don't care if you just get on the floor and do 10 push-ups, or if you just do some jumping jacks, or if you do something that's weird and playful, or you play on the monkey bars, or you, you I don't care. Something mm -hmm. that gets you in your body so that you don't disconnect from your body. So some, mm -hmm. some kind of movement every single day. And then this is so like, this even annoys myself to hear me say this, but we typically don't drink enough water and I talk about it and I still don't drink enough water. So that's something I still work on. It's something that I shove down my family's throat all the time. And the reason why is every single function in my body does better when it's got hydration. And yes. I did, I'm only starting to appreciate how much a lack of water consumption has to do with my body fe feeling sluggish or things not working the way that they're supposed to, or my skin feeling like it's a little bit drier. And maybe I, gosh, I kind of look tired today. And all of these things yep hugely come back to whether I'm hydrated or not. And I know that's so boring. It's just so fundamentally true. If I were a podcaster in fantasy land right now, I would have an episode about water. It is so, so big. Huge. I totally get it. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> it's so essential and so widely overlooked, unfortunately. Um, so I have the honor of asking you, Ella, what is one habit you want everyone to try for a week? And what is one resource that you love and want to recommend? Okay, I'm going to recycle something that I've said before because I think it ties, it's so dead easy, so dead easy. And it ties together a lot of the physicality and the confidence and a lot of the issues that we're talking about. So for one week, I want you to really think about your posture. I want your head, your ears directly over your shoulders. I want, not, not soldier style, but I want your head up. I want your shoulders back and I want you to stand up in your own body and in your own confidence. And I want you to go everywhere like that for one week and you'll forget and you'll start to slump. So here's some cues I want you to remember. When you walk through a door frame, I want you to think about straightening up. When you get in your car and you turn on the podcast that you're listening to and you buckle your seatbelt, I want you to sit up and I want you to drive like that to wherever you're going. When you go into the grocery store and those doors open automatically, I want you to feel like you're stepping on stage. I want you to be like, I am here. Love that. <laughs> okay. And as you said that, I corrected everything. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I just, I think changing your state has a lot to do with changing your mind. So that, and I want to keep it simple because I want you guys to actually really try it. 
What is one resource that you love and want to recommend to your loyal listeners? <laughs> the resource that I want to recommend, the tip that I want to recommend is I want you to go pick three episodes at random, almost just like scroll back through your feed and just hit three at random and download them and re-listen to some of the older episodes of On Air with Ella. I want you to play that like random podcast roulette and just download three and re-listen <laughs> to them. I've done it. And I've listened to things where I've heard it and I, I didn't hear it the first time. It's happened a few times. I've listened to the cooking with hormones or healing Magdalena. I can't remember the actual name of it all. And the digestion detective. Yes. Yeah, so Magdalena Shalaki and, and the only, I just wanted to say that to prove that I could, frankly. And she was episode 55 and I'm having her, I've, I've already recorded part two of that because in that episode, I promise you guys a part two. So I've already recorded that. So that'll come out soon. The other one is Sam Barry. Barefoot, the digestion detective. Yes, and barefoot. So that's episode 27. And then there are two with Jillian Tita. And those are great. So you can look for Jillian Tita. She did two. She did episode 23. And then she did she also had done episode seven. And those are just great fundamental what do I need to know? Great places to start. And Dr. V. Dr. V is a great one. Those are worth listening to more than once. <laughs> so hit those in your podcast roulette. And then if you <laughs> if you get something different out of that episode in listening to it again, I would love to know. Like I would absolutely love to know that. I can tell you that I have that experience. And like mm -hmm. I said, you know, I'm kind of there the first time. And the, I have one more resource and that is a website that I love and it is called Wellness Warrior and it is thefruitiontohealth.wordpress.com and it is owned by Gigi. Yours truly. <laughs> that is your um, blog. It's so much fun. It is so much fun watching you grow, Gigi. So oh, much fun. Yeah. And you're going to be such a brilliant practitioner. And I am going to share your blog with the world. And we will link to that in the show notes because there is no way anyone's going to remember that very long URL. Yeah. For now, if any, if you're listening to this and you don't have the, the URL in front of you and don't want to write it, I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to write it. You can go on Google and just put Wellness Warrior or My Fruition to ND. And that's N like Nancy. <laughs> can I mention one more thing? Gigi. You can mention whatever you want. And you have done an absolutely brilliant, beautiful job. So everybody, let's give a round of applause Thank to you. Gigi. And Gigi has a cause that's very important to her heart. And Gigi, by all means, please tell us. So as I mentioned in the introduction that I am uh, in naturopathic medical school, and that's been defined through my wellness journey. And my fiance has been a part of together our wellness journey. And I've seen through his experiences and at large with veterans that they would greatly, greatly benefit from naturopathic medicine. A lot of Josh's healing has been through naturopathic medicine. A lot of my healing, all of my healing has been through naturopathic medicine. It has been my driving mission as a student to be able to provide this and get this for veterans. The one thing I know is after I graduate, I really want to work with veterans. I want to give back to the vets because they have given us so much. So that has um, led me to work with a colleague who's a master sergeant in the army to create a student veterans of America chapter in my school, the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. And we are the first SVA chapter in any naturopathic medical school. And we're the only chapter in any Arizona medical school. And so it gives us a really good place to be able to provide services and work together with vets and it's just been really good. It's a blossoming time for us. And in May, we will be traveling to Washington, D.C. to advocate for a current letter that would 
give naturopathic medicines an ability to work with the VA system because they are currently not recognized by the VA. And I just want to get the message out that our vets need this. And this is something that is very cost effective. Naturopathic medicine is extremely, extremely effective for chronic pain and among many other things. I can share a couple links with you as to where listeners can get online and show their support. I would, it would mean so much to me if you could just share that to your listeners and get that message out. That would mean so much to me. (laughs) Gigi, I don't think you know this. I come from a long line of veterans, mostly Army. I have two cousins and a brother who are active duty right now. And I absolutely, it would be my honor and privilege to help you support this. Thank you so much. A big fat thank you to Gigi today and to all of you. Without you, it goes without saying this wouldn't exist. I thank you so much. I love you, Gigi. I love you, everybody. You You have such a place in my heart. And thank you for today. Thanks. What a way to end 2015. I am so grateful to share it with you, Ella. Really. Thanks, Ella. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.